there's a ton to recommend uh, Scum and Villainy, probably to recommend Blades in the Dark. I've got the collector's edition one with the fancy orange blades on the front and cool, you know. The, the one that has no text on it. The one that has no text on it. You just have to know that that's the Blades in the Dark book. And again, it's from a genre point of view, it's it's probably right in my wheelhouse. There, and you know, there's a lot of games that I like on paper that have uh, that I've noticed have a similar um, downtime sort of mechanic. Mouse Guard has it. Um, by extension, some of the other like Torchbearer, um, this one has it. And I, there's some cross pollination ideas. Uh, uh, certainly, um, the guy who wrote this game's got some history with Blades and Dark things like that. And in practice, those downtime games never quite work for me. They just, for whatever reason, I don't know. I, I find the system just really, really elegant and interesting mechanics thought out very interestingly. I just don't find it as fun as I want it to be. Yeah. And or as I expect it to be. I, it maybe it, I think it, it feels too limiting to me. I mean, I, I feel like it's like, oh, you only have two things to do. Yeah. Well, I gotta heal myself, so. Yeah. Well, the downtime thing, especially, is can you know. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Downtime's either, and the thing is, some of my favorite things about the game are in downtime because of the thing, like Armin's got his thing with like I want to become a noble. I love that. I love that character project thing. You know that idea that you know just kind of taking away. But there's other games. You know, a lot of indie games you 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 get up with you get with mechanics that have been developed in response to something that didn't have mechanics that people were sort of doing in a game and they wanted to mechanize it either because it was being abused or it wasn't satisfying or it, it was really cool but they wanted a way that to, to share it with other people that where they could not have to explain it and, and just hope that you got it right because you can have personal projects and stuff and lots of different games and stuff but how do you how do you put how do you put like road signs around that so you you make this downtime mechanic and it either really works yeah, for whatever reason, doesn't necessarily work for me. Um, I like ghost peppers. Doesn't mean I should eat them all the time. They just, uh, anyway, ghost pepper pizza. Anyway, so whatever we end up doing, I think we've come to the conclusion, whatever we end up doing, uh, we probably don't end up using this game system. For all that Mike offered to take over the reins and continue to run the game, the upshot is, yeah, but that still has us playing this game. Um, Actually, all I offered to do was run a one chat, but oh, okay, or well, like a mission, but still. Yeah. Um, I thought you were signing up for three months of for the I, team. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I was very pleased. I, I just mentioned parenthetically, and I was we were up in the mountains, so I couldn't come to the most recent game day. But I happen to hold right now in my hot little hands a an actual physical deck of for the queen cards. I have Ooh. I have got it to bring to a game day, and I, I am absolutely intending to do that because um, I think that's I think it's a fun I think it's a fun game. Um, mm -hmm. I have gotten some good mileage out of it already, and I've only ever played it online. Um, so buttons, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm I'm scrolling up now to look at uh, since I happen to be already in the thread at the unproposed games list. Um, mm, that's, that's the list of games that are not being proposed. I know. I'm just kind of looking at this one because <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of smiling at this one because like Band of Blades is on there, and that's an even darker version of the Blades in the Dark, you know, <laughs> system. Again, a setting that's right in my. It's basically playing the Black Company using this system, and you think about like, oh, take Blades in the Dark and have them run the Black Company. Yes, absolutely, that would totally work. And am I going to play it? No. 
Probably not. I, uh, I will just be honest. I'm I'm not really enthused about games in the general larger genre of uh, bad people doing bad things to other bad people. Yeah, and, and I, that feels like I absolutely get that. I I, I do. It, that's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing to do. Of the stuff though, I remember. When we talk, I don't want to. Uh, we we've talked several times about Hearts of Wulin. It feels like there's some love there, but the Kickstarter the Kickstarter just wrapped up. I really want the final product because there's going to be a ton of really good stuff in there, and I kind of don't want to play it until we've got like all the pieces. Because frankly, the playtest documents are not complete. Um, they're they're playable, but I I want if I'm going to play this and really like ring the ring the juice out of it. And I'm not worried about like having the system get in the way because it's powered by the apocalypse. It's powered by the apocalypse stuff and. Talking about a game system, I'm not going to worry about running ever, or playing for that matter. We came, and then I pitched, I threw out. At that point, I mentioned worldwide wrestling, and that turned into this whole like sub thread of like, now wait a minute, maybe we do want to do that. So I realized this is the unproposed game list, but some of these were like, a lot of people were like, actually, I sort of think this is awesome. Um, I mean, depending, you could just say like, here's what's on the other side of the gate, which is we open the gate, and there's a bunch of uh, lucha wrestlers over there. Like, no clothes. <laughs> my people there is there is something oh, that is actually kind of accurate um there is something to be said for um i i've heard nothing absolutely nothing but good stuff about the veil and i know that I, I feel like i know maybe i've completely projected this but i feel like i know that you know it's sort of like uh uh, introspective cyberpunk stuff is sort of in Bill's wheelhouse a little bit in terms of an interesting. I backed the latest one and they sent me like the first two books, which is the veil and veil cascade. Those are literally sitting in my hand right now. I will just say that these are some heavy goddamn books. <laughs> gonna, like, this is not something to dive into lightly. Yeah. I only have, yeah, it's, it's not a one-off kind of thing. I only have them as, uh, uh, as PDFs. Um, and I have the first two. Um, and Frazier definitely takes sort of a, an artistic sort of literary fiction approach to the... He's always got like a, a, a statement in mind with his games. And, and that's definitely... Uh, but the Veil's uh, really kind of a neat thing. They do some really neat stuff with stats, with the way they use the stats and the way they use the... Um, uh, and, and some of it gets um, modified slightly and used in I, Hearts of Wulin's DNA makes me very excited because they they, use, they borrow some really cool stuff from the Veil. They borrow some of my favorite stuff from Masks. Um, Lowell generally likes a lot of the same games that I like, and the stuff that he's borrowed in all of them make me makes me pretty happy. Um, Veil does a really neat thing, kind of with stats, where like you rolling certain stats and the damage that you take if you if you take damage. Uh, like sort of locks that stat so you can't use it again um, until you unlock it. Um, so if you got the Uber stat, you just can't keep hammering it over and over, like using your super powered gun stat to shoot people because you know it doesn't work anymore. And and Hearts of Wulin does something does something kind of similar. It's pretty cool. So the veil's out there. I think it's really cool. But to Bill's point, it's not a light and breezy pickup game. Um, we'd have to decide we want to do a cyberpunk thing, and that's. That's a that's an undertaking in and of itself. I will go further. This is not just regular cyberpunk, and Frazier is like a serious cyberpunk aficionado. Oh, yeah, he is. For anyone who's followed his Twitter, uh, he has gone all in on like the the branching tree of of cyberpunk's many like spinoff genres. Like there's there's some quasi magical stuff in this book. Yeah. Where 
like you're you're like a warden of nature and just like there's this place where like the green is growing back and and there's it's it's very sort of mystic in that sense which is funny so, because he hates hates Shadowrun. like well Shadowrun is like the corporatization of all these concepts he's yeah he's really more like on the marginal fringes of it he's he's identified like the you know marginalized people as kind of the, the the heart of the cyberpunk story and looked at Shadowrun where Shadowrun is all blitz and glamour and hey you guys are, are celebrities yeah the point the point of Shadowrun is to be you know when you you fight the corporations and, until you can finally become one and then rub your little hands together and cackle with glee um it's kind of sort of missed the point on that one guys um uh what else oh, I'm not in the right one but you know maybe we're thinking too closely about uh specific systems um and we just want to think about broadly speaking genres do we want to stick with sci-fi are we looking for something fantasy do we want something short and sweet that's a little bit more creepy or i don't know i think it's worth also asking like we had a couple people who were very keen on this whole what's behind the gate thing yeah and are people are people looking for a game that answers that question yep no not especially that was easy I just want Joyce to tell us what's there, not not. I didn't play it. see. You have this funny. <laughs> um, I know. I'm pretending like you know what you want. You know what you're doing. No, no. I always know what I'm doing, but what I'm doing is different than what everybody assumes I'm doing. People think of. I, I told this to the girls at one point in time that people sort of uh, imagine my prep being like careful plotting and lots of backstory and stuff. And what my actual prep is: getting one good idea every two weeks and then arguing with it for a month uh, <laughs> internally. Uh, and then, you know, the offshoot of that is the other thing. Um, what I actually, I hadn't really had a lot of thoughts about it, except that I did get an idea that I really, really liked in terms of like what's broadly behind there. Um, reading about, uh, one of the guys who wrote, actually the guy who wrote Night, Night Witches and, uh, some other, some other, um, pretty well-known, uh, Fiasco, stuff like that. He, he wasn't GMing it, but he played in a game where they wanted to sort of do the expanse, and the GM decided on just using Apocalypse World 2nd uh, Edition. Not any reskin of it at all. Just absolutely just they're very, very, as he explained it, they're very, very lazy people, and they, they did the absolute minimum amount of like, word swapping necessary, usually while they were playing. Oh. To, I think I've read this. Yeah, to, to basically make the sci-fi thing work. So the driver was the guy with the spaceship, and the the chopper, who is like a guy who runs like a biker gang uh, in Apocalypse World, they just like, okay, well, your guys are dudes who, for, sociolo for sociological, uh, uh, social, possibly religious reasons, never leave their vac suits. Like, they just don't. And the, the, their, their, their bikes were their, you know, powered vac suits. Um, and they just, they kind of went with it like, like that and use, and it ended up being sort of the expanse if you mixed in Reavers. Um, and I got to thinking about it because, you know, and, but they really had to struggle with like figuring out what the, in, 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 um, Apocalypse World, you've got the Maelstrom as a sort of like background noise, radiation, psychic thing that's just out there and dangerous. And that didn't really work for them. They ended up with like, it was, there was sort of like a sentient halfway psychic uh, telepathic AI on the ship. So it was more of a localized thing that they had to deal with that they sort of used for the moves that had to do with the, um, with the maelstrom. But I thought, I said, you know, actually it would, that would work really, really well in something very, very close to the scum and villainy setting. If you were in some kind of situation where the way has sort of gone dark and feral, 
And I thought, and then my next thought was, for instance, if it's in a system where it's been locked off for 500 years and basically had to feed, you know, it's it just been in this cyclic, you know, 5,000 years, 5 million years, whatever. If it's been cut off in this, you know, isolated system and has, has basically gone feral and feeding on itself for, for that long. And so for me, it wasn't exactly what, what, what you find when you open up the gate is a system where it is a, is a, a location where everybody's playing by the apocalypse world game system. Like I, it's almost like, like, like the Lego movies, right? You, you go through, you, you travel to another world and suddenly you're in the old West and all the pieces are different. And so are the color schemes and stuff. And like, you go through to the gate and it's like, Oh shit, guys, we just transferred to another game system. Watch out. Um, so in really broad terms, it's, it's more like a, a post-apocalyptic type setting. Uh, uh, and then that was about as far as my brain got, Margie. So there you go. That was my one good idea, and now I'm arguing with it. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's people joke, but it's I mean, I, or people think I'm joking, and I'm never actually joking. Um, so that you know, that was sort of where I was going with that. I I I kind of like the idea of like we're at the 16th session, some stuff, you know, a major thing happened. There's been a big shift, and then we switch entirely over to this other setting where you've been cut off, and you know what's life like, you know, in this in this little feral system, and you, you're the weirdo brainer who can contact the the way, but God, why would you? And and but well, obviously because it's ridiculously powerful and useful to be able to do that, and you got these old cobbled together ships and stuff like that, and just as things are coming to a head, the dead gate opens, you know. And this broadcast comes out with this smiling, besuited, tattooed, permanent makeup, eye-shadowed asshole with a crisp haircut goes, greetings from so on and so forth. The rest of the universe. From greetings from the rest of the universe. And, and, and yeah, everything's kind of turned on its head as, uh, as that happens, you know, as, as, as your other characters like, you know, show up. Um, so kind of a fun thing, but that was that was really kind of as far as I went with it, and I was mostly playing around with it at the time, just just because of Morningstar. Anyway, <laughs> so that was yeah, that's the only answer I've got, Margie. Is vague ideas. Anyway, so wish list stuff, guys. Figure this out, um, or we do something that's really kind of can't like. There's a couple options. Uh, this one ended up, I think the other upshot wasn't so much like, I like the game, I like, I don't like the game. I believe one of the other consistent things was, this went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. That seemed like a consistent hot take. I I say that, I said that only because... Well, so did James, though. And I, and I but also I, thought it. Yeah. I was just I, like... I, I, I felt like we, we were kind of continuing along because everybody felt that, you know, oh, well, yeah, I kind of thought we'd be done by now, but I don't want to say anything because everybody's kind of going along and we're doing our thing, so yeah, let's keep at it. I'm glad that we're we... We're not a clean stopping break. I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. And that was the big thing. I mean, I'm glad that everybody spoke up as soon as the subject was broached, but please don't feel as though any particular person needs to broach the thing um, because... But don't I'm not following so much fun. What's that? I was I was having so much fun, really. Okay. Um, I can't find the original like pitch thread that we had. Uh, it already got said in the chat. Yeah, I listened to the proposed games list uh, thread. If that's what you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. As opposed to the. No, I'm just joking. Oh my God, there's a ton up there. I do have the final version of After the War now, at least. Um, uh, anyway. 
me see. Well, Doris, I will tell you this. Uh -huh. Any sort of, like, long-term terror sort of game is not going to be my game. Yeah, and I'm not... Yeah, I, I agree with what Margie just said. Yeah, and yeah. What I wish is I could take my knowledge of the Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers expansion and just project it <laughs> into all your minds. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because it is exactly that kind of game. The The premise of that, of that particular expansion is there's a second world that's been overrun by light, and you have all, like, like these angelic beings just running everywhere, but they're predatory and mindless and instinctual, and they're basically destroying civilization. I love and that idea. I really do love that idea. But your job is to stop them, but um, you're... You, your victory condition is like bring back the night sky. I, I, I uh, no. Um, so yeah, we're definitely. It's pretty clear. I mean, the longest dark game I could see playing, and not necessarily with this group, would be something like uh, uh, the Mountain Witch. Um, and that's, but that's a blood opera. I mean, the the happiest ending I've ever seen in in any of the Mountain Witch games I've ever been in or or run is the guy who made it all the way back down to the mountain with all the money and a new child because he adopted somebody else's kid and set them up for life and then committed seppuku watching them play down by the, you know, well, you know, as, it, one as the sun set, you know, watching the child play with the nursemaid and their, and their governess and that sort of thing down by the water at the lake. And then, you know, quietly committing seppuku um, because of all the horrible shit he had to do to get there. With, with a slight smile on his face. That was literally the happiest ending we ever got out of that game. And it felt so happy because everything else was so terrible. Um, it was still, you know, if you knew going in, you're playing Samurai, it's probably not going to be a happy ending. But yeah, I, and that was two sessions, maybe? Um, felt longer. Anyway, so I, Mike, I don't think you have to worry about there being like Doyce deciding to run 35 sessions of like a horror game. Uh, I don't see that probably... Like you say that, but we ran how many sessions of the game or of this game? Yeah, but I wasn't expecting it to be short, short. I was thinking about 12, and it went a little bit longer than that, but not a lot longer than that. Anything else, and this has nothing to do with game system stuff. Uh, I think, and somebody touched on this in their commentary and stuff, I, we may have, I think we missed the mark slightly in having a strong group concept. I don't know that Ship's Crew was enough. Like we're all on the ship together, uh, because yeah. I mean, you know, we we it worked pretty well in Star Wars. We're all rebels. We're all on the same team. We all have this goal. That kind of that that was that was very it was over the threshold far enough. Masks in a hundred zillion different ways, uh, uh, obviously tripped all kinds of good triggers. But certainly not least because you're all on the super team and you're doing X and you all have your own thing, but we've got that grounding thing. And I don't know that we necessarily hit that successfully. It looked like we had until you got into the nuts and bolts of it. And it was, it was not, it was really, really easy for three people to be really into something and two other people to not give a shit. Um, character wise, not necessarily player wise, but you know, yeah. for two other characters, no, no, you I, just I, have no, no investment. Like, I think what this group's likes, because we like the story is we like to have the flexibility to, contribute to the story in a creative way yeah i always like i mean one of the nicest things about masks is um all you have to do is come up with how you help you don't have to go oh this is how i'm going to help i go through all this thing but then i rolled shit so nothing happens um that's not helpful uh it, it, it doesn't help with the narrative you know i like it's like i've got team to spend and i have a way to describe how i help and the end um 
So really it's about making sure the, the mechanical part of it is making sure that you keep points in that pool, which I think is, uh, I think it's just a real, it, and it doesn't work in every game system because to a certain extent, that whole idea of the team thing is reinforcing the genre, which is what PTBA's uh, power by the apocalypse stuff in general is really good at reinforcing whatever genre it's meant to do. Um, so backing up, we, I think we missed out a little bit on that sense of group cohesion that's really clicked for us and i don't know i don't want to go so far as to say this game worked against that mechanically speaking but i don't think mechanically it helped either um and since we were already off the mark it wasn't nudging us back onto the mark and uh we could have probably done something narratively or just met at a meta level to nudge it back where it needed to be had i noticed it before somebody said something today like really not noticed it, but like really thought about like, oh, this is probably part of the thing that's not really clicking. I ran into it repeatedly during the game, but I never really articulated it in a way of like, oh, that's probably a thing that's probably not helping with us. <sighs> I don't know. I don't even know where to start. And I, and this doesn't speak to the other um, perfectly cromulent GMs that we have here that might be jazzed to run something. Just for me personally, with genre, I'm not really interested in post-apocalypse Gotcha. I mean, if we have to rule stuff no, out. I, I mean, post-apocalyptic worlds, not the system. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. I mean, sorry, you're out of luck if you don't want to do a Power by the Apocalypse. You're just. <laughs> that's you're out of luck. So not post-apocalyptic. Gotcha. Um. Well, that's good because that rules out stuff kind of in every genre, which is useful. So, um. Yeah. If, if we fellowship. Get, like. Um. Anyway, I just finally got my hardcover copy of second edition too. I think what I like about Fellowship is there's a lot there about world building that happens right during character generation because if you're playing the dwarf, you get to say what a dwarf is, you know. Oh yeah. And you, that, you that's can really say neat. What everything is. Yeah, which is really that's really neat. Um, and there maybe. So what do you mean by that? I'm not familiar with. Okay, it. so it's it's Fellowship is exactly what it sounds like. Fellowship of the Ring kind of deal. You're like you're a group that is on a quest quest um and the playbooks are things like the dwarf the elf but how can i grab my book the i'll Harbinger. just i'll just give you a quick there's my but, uh, the important part is um so i've only say, got the first Mar edition margie you are playing the dwarf anytime anything comes up about dwarf stuff is like oh we're in this dwarf town hey dwarf tell us about the traditions of this place yeah, so you're very much a world builder with regards to the stuff that touches on your stuff. Um, but even during character generation, here, I'll do halflings because halflings are right here. And I know Margie has a, a um, soft spot in her heart for halflings and the gold that they steal from their companions. Um, so t parts of the halfling playbook are pretty straightforward. You know, the look, the stats, what their agenda is, do right, get some recognition, have some fun. Halfling core. All halflings have the following moves. The little folk. Uh, sting like a bee. Um, when you keep them busy by getting in close. Blah, blah, blah. You know, this kind of thing. But then the next page is, what is a halfling? Choose the the option that best represents your people. Clever storytellers. Um, they love to collect stories from afar. Blah, blah, blah. Determined survivors. You have suffered many setbacks and tragedies, and they have never stopped you yet. You know exactly when to stand your ground and exactly when to bail mischievous tricksters you know when you want to have all halflings basically be kender from Dragonlance, <laughs> um, and or traveling nomads so you're really defining culturally like sort of what they are the elf one like one of the options is your living plants um 
You I come think from it, space. You come from space. You're merfolk. Um, fairy, merfolk, star elf, uh, wood elf, literally wood elf. Like, um, so there's a lot. I mean, the world is literally writing itself while you're um, like, if you're the heir to this great nation, you decide like there's options to pick for. You know, you've got your options to pick from for like what represents your nation. You're the lost line of kings, the stalwart defenders, the forgotten lands. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, in a lot of ways, character generation really strongly. And I, I feel like the way they did this, and it's changed somewhat in the second edition, so I'd have to go loop back and, and look at it. But um, the, is, this still, is it still true that the GM's character is legitimately a character, Mike? The GM's character is literally the character, and they are the overlord. Yeah, like uh, your like the GM literally gets a playbook for Sauron. Sauron. Yeah. Uh. Oh no, but there are many different ones. Yeah. Like, there's... Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know the different choices of what Sauron could be. Yeah. Oh, um, hold on a second. Uh, See, which I, makes I, me I... immediately want to figure out if there's a way to do the creature of light thing that Bill was talking about. As oh, there is. Oh, that would be. In odd. fact, hold on a second. Uh, Allow me to break into my uh, uh, Kickstarter stuff really quick. I didn't uh, kickstart the second edition because I didn't know. Uh, I did, but uh, so here's the thing. Uh, did you buy the PDF anywhere? Of the second edition? No, of the first edition. I've got it somewhere. They upgrade you for free through whoever you bought it from. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Yeah, then. so if you got through drive through RPG, they automatically replaced it with the second edition version. Because the second edition is not that different. I see. Uh, they changed some things. Like, now, uh, one of the moves, which was take them out or whatever it's called. Mm. Uh, the Oh, finish them. Finish them. Um, finish them before it was like, tell us how you finish them. And then pick the appropriate stat. Now it's, if you finish them with kind words and make them no longer nice. a threat, roll blah. If you finish them... Nice. No, I like that. Through, that's a, that's elegant. understanding them, you know, all that stuff. So those are the different things there. I like that. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. the core moves are, you know, speak softly, talk sense, keep them busy, look closely. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. So, um, so that's fel the... that's fellowship, and it's definitely not a post-apocalyptic thing necessarily. So that's good. Um, no, that sounds fun. Mike's uh, Mike Mike's been a big uh, uh, proponent of it. Um, so so what's what's the what's it's, the goal here? It's, ah, you're yeah, taking out thank the you. Overlord. You're you're on your you're on the quest to save the world. It's the fellowship. Right, you're trying right. to take okay. out the GM. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You're you're trying to kill the GM. I mean, that's always fun. What? Yeah. No. Don't, oh don't. no, we can't possibly play that. Yeah, I know. Um. So, uh, so the Overlord, their big defining thing is what sort of army do they have? Do they control the Horde, where it's just a whole bunch of swarming creatures, or do they control an organization where they have an elite few? Do they have the Scourge, which is zombie-like blight, which, you know, infects those around them? Or do they have the Titans, who are massive, you know, a small, massive force? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, but I do enjoy that they really have fun with some of the things. So one of the GM's moves is called uh, Team Rocket. <laughs> Blasting off. Yes. Uh, no, choose up to three minions from your army and name them. 
When they work together, these minions cannot be damaged or destroyed. Whenever one of them would be, they all retreat from the scene. (laughs) (laughs) This group will tenaciously follow the Fellowship for the rest of the campaign, informing you where they are and what they've done recently. If the Fellowship fellowship recruits them as companions, this is only temporary. You can erase all the bonds the Fellowship hold with them at any time. The pitcher, and I have to say, they they, they do try pretty hard to, like, bust conventions mentally in here uh, through the art design there isn't a ton of art there's a fair amount it's good they uh, commissioned a lot of art for the second edition which is where most of the money went the overlord um picture at the beginning of the overlord chapter is a lovely girl with a a kick-ass afro um a black high-necked shirt with a pink bow uh a sort of taffeta i'm gonna say oh no sorry. you know I'm just going to screen cap this because yeah. I'm looking at that picture right now because they re they reused that art for the second edition. There's there's butterflies and a sword that looks like it came out of the new she, uh, She-Ra movie or She-Ra TV show. It's got flowers on it. It's great. But yeah, this is lovely, lovely genre busting art. Um, Bill, you are being very quiet. Fellowship sounds fine to me. Okay. All right. I, I, I do. I want, I mean, obviously it's good when we all speak up. So I just want to make sure that there's uh, stuff here. Is it, is this something that you have already in your library and can, can easily reference? I would have to look, but I'm certainly able to get a copy of it. If sure. not, <clears throat> I mean, for example, I just picked up Siren while we were talking. Uh, nice. I, I like Siren. I like superhero stuff. I like powers wildly out of control. I, if you'll pardon me, fucking love amnesia stories and it is amnesia stories times however many people are playing i it is absolutely one of my favorite jams of all time i don't know what's wrong with me i don't know why i like it so much i am sure that i will probably ironically be stricken down by alzheimer's at an early age just to punish me for my obsession with these fucking things but (laughs) i fucking love amnesia stories and the whole premise is you don't know anything about yourself and here are these questions you have to answer. It definitely feels like it came out of that same generation of indie games that produce things like uh, inspectors, stuff like that. Mm. I'm I'm just sort of confused because I've I'm getting this like list of very specific games, a lot of indie games. And on the one hand, I hear I don't want to learn a new game system, but on the other hand, like these are all new game systems technically. Oh, you have so, to understand uh, these are all new game systems, except I've played all of them, so these aren't ones I need to learn. <laughs> I know Inspectors, I know Siren. Um, I I burned all of my learn a new game system from scratch, like by reading the book and just basically rereading it forty times. I burned all that uh, up like between 2009 and 2012. Um, That's fair. I just hang out with like indie game designers and people who like these games a lot. And to me, sometimes it gets a little much because they're like, here's a game where you play a guy named George Ambrose on the day of June 15th, (laughs) 1987. That's like, yeah, there's some stuff there um, that, yeah, more power to them, but it doesn't necessarily, some of the stuff doesn't necessarily sound like fun to me. Uh, Or at least, you know, it's a... Sometimes I just want to shoot an orc, man. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to shoot orcs, oh, unless you're playing an uh, orc game. Unless you're playing uh, the sword, the, some of the sword dream people will tell you you're wrong, but okay. Hunt, kill skulls. Yeah, go hunt, kill skulls. Anyway, um, who who will wait? Who will tell me I'm wrong? I missed what you said. It broke up. Oh, okay. There's a certain segment on Twitter who is doing the whole like um, 
like leftist answer to OSR games. Uh, the hashtag for that is Sword Dream. Uh, but there are some people who have come out um, with positions like, "Hey, if you bring orcs into your game and you kill them, that's racist." And I'm like, "Hold on." <laughs> let's let's yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, I you mean, know, they, yep. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and and it's it's perfectly fair to. You know, to, to, to deal with the issue of why are we just automatically killing orcs whenever we run across them? Well, usually because when we run across them, they're shooting arrows at us and trying to, to gut us and eat us. Okay. Um, that seems like a does legit... that mean we should go out of our way to hunt down orcs? Okay, well, that's an interesting story in and of itself. So it, they're not wrong, but to simply say, oh, well, you know, anytime that you're doing that sort of a thing, it's, it's inherently evil and unjustifiable. Eh. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd question that. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, PBTA is awesome. And if you if you dial it all the way back to, like, World of Dungeons level, where you basically have the Defy Danger move and that's it, um, you can really kind of do a lot of stuff. But, I mean, you can, that's true of anything. If you get it down that far, it's, it's it, you, you the game, the PBTA works best when you're trying to do a specific type of thing. Like Fellowship. Mike, have you played it before, Fellowship? I have played a convention game. Okay. Um, would you say... Where we defeated the Overt, so... Woohoo! So, would you say, given our group, that it's now... Yeah, realizing that. And knowing, of course, online automatically, I think, doubles the number of, of sessions. At least at least increases by a third the number of sessions of play that you've been doing. Um would would you say it's a sh- could be a shortish game? Uh, I for our group, because I feel like we are not going to be like laser focused. We're going to take down every single one of the of the Overlord strongholds right here, right now. Mm. I'm going to put it in the 30 to 40 game sessions. Uh, uh, range. So it's a big one. It's maybe not what we want to immediately switch to. Although, well, man, and, I don't although know, you know, honest, honestly speaking, I mean. I don't necessarily need a short game I know. to dive into next. Yeah, um, neither do I. All right. Neither you know, do I. Now, now I, I do want to be able to say, and, and I think you've made this point, that you know, if we get into this and we're you know, five, six, ten sessions in and it's not, it's not you know, the spark isn't there, for any individual, I think we need to feel free to say, you know, something's not quite working right for me here. Can we talk? Yeah, and not feel like we're stuck doing forty sessions. We need to do. We need to do. Uh, I and I'll 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 take all blame on this. More more check-ins. Um, I'm scared of them. I'm just generally scared of them. I'm it's stupid, but I don't. You know. Feels like a performance review. What do they say? Like if you can't look back at yourself like five years in the past and be somewhat annoyed or 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 something like feel some sort of negative emotion about the way you acted. Five years ago, ten years ago, fifty like you're not growing as a person. So what are we what are we what are we thinking, guys? Are we thinking are we thinking fellowship? It kind of feels like we sort of tripped over this by accident, but um, at least serendipitously. It, at least does it bear uh, additional hard looking? I'm trying to think of any I, other ones that are kind of in that same vein. But it sure feels, I mean, it, in much the same way that Star Wars is an easy socket for me and superheroes are an easy socket for me, that sort of epic fantasy stuff is obviously something that uh, I spend a lot of time growing up on and is a, a fun place to live ahead. So. And does anybody else want to run it? I'm fine with running it. I just want to know if everyone's like, Jesus, do I seriously again? Um, are you fine with running it? I am absolutely fine with running it. I mean, I love playing. I do. But 
I mean, the, the lion's share of my playtime forever has been GMing, so it's kind of where my head immediately goes anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. Might as well own it. Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask Dave, preferably when I'm not around. I don't know if I'm that good of a player. Um, I'll find out Saturday. What's that? Oh, he, right. He is. Uh, yeah. I'm also pushy as fuck, which is, I think, part of just being a GM and then having to switch modes. Uh, he is. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I love you too. Oh my god. Are we talking about fellowship? We're talking about fellowship, and we're talking about like, do we want to poke at it with a stick on the forum? Yeah, no, I got that part. I just came in when we were talking about DMs, and I wanted to double check that it was. The question was. We, we, we decided we, did, we we asked you if you wanted to be GM. You didn't say anything, so we decided you would say, you'd be the person to run this. Ray. Horrible decision. <laughs> so I, I think our options, it sounds like, are either James runs a horror game called Midterms for us all, <laughs> or alternatively, we can try Fellowship and see how that works out. Yeah. Um, no, nobody has spoken up and said, "Hey, no Fellowship." Um, it certainly satisfies most of the criteria that we outlined, which is give us an unambiguously heroic group that's going to have a reason to stick together. Yeah. Um, and I am happy to, you know, learn more mechanics to to see that through. I believe um, it's I believe it's powered by the apocalypse. Am I right? Well, yeah, but like every single move and every single playbook is effectively like a mini mechanic and. Sure. Absolutely. You're gonna read that, and there's gonna be things you're gonna to forget. There's yeah. gonna be things like, hey, whenever you roll a six or less, it's like something happens, like those kind of rules. Yeah. Um, oh, you're right. You, yeah. you oh, you're right. for for Power by the Apocalypse to happen, you have to know the triggers. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not just the dice roll. It's it's all that stuff. Um. So that said, I'm still happy to run stuff if people stand up and say, hey, um, we want you to to we we want to hear more about this, or or we'd like to try this thing out. Um, I would love to run Genesis sometime as a one shot to show people what it's about. I would be, um, I would be happy to play it. I think we should, I think we should definitely, um, I like sort of on a, on a, at a sub conversational level, talk about some, some one shot Saturday games. Cause I, in all honesty, um, it may not be for this and like the whole big group and stuff. I'd love to run. I'd love to, uh, run Siren for people, but I'd also like to play, um, I kind of want to get my head around that diceless powered by the apocalypse thing that Henshin uses and uh, uh, Dream Askew uses and those and those things because it's I can totally run a one shot of that. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. So it sounds like we've got some fun stuff that we could sort of explore, try out. So I guess so. Fellowship. Fellowship. If we're doing fellowship, is this the point where I I, I go to that link that I linked to or I I posted in the uh, the Roll20 chat, and... You're cutting in and out, Dave. I can still hear him. Okay, uh, I'm cutting in and out. <laughs> and go ahead and buy the rulebook. I think so. I think you can safely invest in the in the second... Make sure you're getting the second edition. I'll have to go oh, yeah. do likewise. Let's take a look really quick. Yeah, if it's RPG drive-through, uh, I think they drive-thru. only have second edition. That's where yeah. I got my copy from. Yeah. It's very okay. nice. I'll double-check. Okay. Um, I, I, I sprung for the hardcover. That does mm. sound very nice. You can get the you can get the print books through drive through. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they do print on demand. Oh, I did not know that. And basically, for the really got kind of now for the same price where you get the book and you get the PDF. Oh, so. nice. Well, I probably can't get the uh, the the hard copy as a free upgrade the way I can get the second edition the the PDF as a free upgrade, but uh, it's definitely worth knowing. Let's find either way. All right.
Um, all right, guys, I don't know how we ended up getting to that. It was a whole lot of wandering around, and suddenly we tripped and fell over a treasure chest. We move so. in this mysterious ways. We, we do, mysterious even to those who are doing the moving, um, apparently, so that's cool. And that's about all I got. I think, I think now it's time to read a book, specifically that book. Um, I'm going to read some stuff, but not right now. Right now, I'm going to go to bed. Guys, thanks so much. Uh, it is so easy for something like this to turn into some kind of drama-filled recrimination fest and regret and pain and stuff and instead it was just like hey let's find a fun thing to do that seems you like regret nothing i regret nothing 